0: Land life, radio, landline radio, I energy, no filter. Oh yeah! Okay, back here in studio. Very excited to be joined by Tara Sweeney, candidate for U.S. Congress. How you doing?
1: I'm doing great.
0: And uh, Karina Waller here, your campaign manager. Yes. How you doing? I had Mary Peltola last week and her campaign manager Kim Jones, so this is becoming a new.
1: A new it's thing, new, th- new thing here. It's totally loose.
0: It's yeah. <laughs> it could. It will be.
1: Yeah.
0: I've been trying. I'll be honest. I've been trying to get Sarah Palin for. Um, oh, you know, I need to turn your mic on there. Sorry, Karina. I just turned your mic on. Say say hi again.
2: Oh hi, thanks Jeff. I'm really glad. I, I'm really glad I
0: realized that right now because that would have been awkward if. It totally would have
1: been a lot of dead silence. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. more loose. Just it's, more just loose. More loose. Just maximum units.
0: maximum loose units here.
1: Loose unit here. Loose unit there.
0: I'm trying to get Sarah Palin on, and they, they keep saying they're going to, but so far not yet. And Nick Begich, so.
1: I I'm, think having Sarah on would be a lot of fun.
0: Oh, yeah. Mm. I, 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 she's, plus, she's not really talked to much media, so I'm hoping she'll come on at some point. Well, for, I want to talk about, about a lot um, with you. The first thing I want to talk about, kind of the, the elephant in the room, is this bizarre situation with-
1: So we're in Alaska. The analogy really should be a whale or a walrus, right?
0: A walrus in the room. Mm-hmm. So for the folks listening I'm sure they're familiar there was this 48 person primary special yes. um deal you got 5th and yes. then Al Gross kind of mysteriously abruptly dropped out without really explanation um I saw your post you were you weren't even you were gone right you were at a at a law like cabin or something
1: I was on the river like any good Alaskan should be during this time of year
0: And you weren't and you no service I had
1: no service I had no idea that uh, Al Gross had uh, withdrawn from this entire race.
0: So you get back, and I'm sure you text in a barrage of messages, right?
1: Yes. Well, I mean, when you come back into service and uh, your phone's blowing up with texts, voicemail, messages, and emails, uh, you start to... Wonder what's going on and just trying to get through all of the information uh, was a challenge. But uh, and then going through the the calculus of, you know, what what do we do? What are we doing next?
0: The the craziest thing to me, and I've written about this kind of at length, is, you know, it's a special election. So they timed it to where the regular the special general can be in the regular primary ballot. But there was a withdrawal deadline of June 26th. But according to the statute and the timing, you would have had to withdrawn by the day after the prime, by June 12th for the withdrawal to have an effect because what the law says is if there's more than four people and you know, somebody withdraws, mm-hmm. a fifth place person moves up. And then it went all the way to the court very quickly. Yes. And, and strangely enough, Nick Begich intervened. <laughs> which I guess he doesn't want you on there. I, I mean, tell you
1: what, you know, you, if you are uh, that threatened by a fifth place candidate in a special election and you get weak in the knees and on something like that, uh, I would challenge that uh, he is, is that the right sort of stomach and fortitude to represent mm-hmm. Alaska in Washington, D.C.? Yeah.
0: It was very strange to me that he, you know, Mary, Mary Patola was on here and I asked her about it. And her, her response was, "Whatever Tara wants, you know, I don't." She said, yes. "Whatever she wants, I'm not. I'm doing my thing. And if she wants, it, you know, she was very kind of like, in the middle about it. Just whatever you wanted.
1: Sure. Well, and you, I've I've known Mary." Uh, but she told me you guys go for way back. a number of years, for decades, and we do, we do go way back, uh, and and she called me, uh, and and said exactly that, uh, just more as as a, as a friend and uh, a private conversation.
0: So there was 48 in the in the special primary, there was there was 31 in the regular primary, but now many have, have withdrawn. So, but you, you stayed in others, I think 22. So it's less than half of, of the special primary for the regular primary in, in August. Um, was your calculate, like, when this happened, you weren't on the, you know, the special general ballot, but, you know, you were, you were very close. You were the fifth, and then a lot of people dropped out. Is that, did you kind of think about, well, I'm going to stay in the race now? Because a lot of people like Revac and Coghill and Lohenfels and a lot of those people, you know, they did five, six, seven, eighth, ninth place. They dropped out.
1: And and that was the the beauty of being on on the river and and getting outdoors and and just kind of being, uh, on the land and water is reconnecting and uh, taking that time to gain perspective and that's exactly what I was doing when I was, uh, out of cell range was taking the time to figure out okay now what's next, uh, and and. Uh, looking at the the regular primary and made the decision to stay in. Now, eventually, Karina,
0: Karina, you were not you were you were uh, connected to the world during this. What were you as campaign manager? You must have been like, oh, what do we do? What do we do? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, basically, for us, what we want to do is we knew Tara was out of range until Tuesday night, right? So all of this had kind of happened on Monday. So what we want to do is try and get as much information as we could. So the minute she landed, we had some, you know, we could talk through the scenarios, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And we were getting bombarded with media requests. And we were just like, Tara's on the river, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So we'll get back to you as soon as we can. But it was a crazy two days, and I was actually out of town for a pre-scheduled soccer tournament with my daughter. Oh, wow. So we have all these time zones and, and things happening. So, so
1: long conversations and uh, late nights, early morning, just looking at deadlines and uh, what was happening in real time. Uh, the, the women who stepped forward to... to to represent Alaskan voters in the legal challenge. You know, I'm extremely thankful that they had the courage to come forward. Uh, And again, I go back to the fact that I think Alaska needs choices. And Nick Begich was uh, more than happy to limit those choices for Alaskans.
0: It just, just, to me on the surface, and I understand the statute and, and, you know, there's this new system and, but to me, it's like we have a top four, a new top four primary or, you know, system. And we have 48 people and three go forward. I mean, it just, when you say it like that, it's like so bizarre because, you know, a lot of people voted and there was.
1: Well, and, and the, the, the election itself was confusing. Uh, I know people uh, in, in my family and in my network that uh, had their ballots returned. Some said that they didn't uh, have an identifier. That's what the division of elections said. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, they had their driver's license number on there, uh, on their ballot. So, you know there, there have been there there is a lot of confusion around the the structure of the elections. And I think, you know, regardless of whether or not you agree with ranked choice voting or the system, that's the system. Yeah, and. As Alaskans, we need to do a better job collectively in ensuring that voters aren't disenfranchised through this process. Well, I
0: know when I got mine, I filled it out and then I, I um, remembered, I almost, did, I almost didn't do this witness signature. I kind of, I said, oh, I got to get the witness signature. So I actually went to the division of elections and I said, can somebody wit- you know, do this for me? But I know a lot of the um, canceled ballots were the witness signature was, was a, a problem. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was, in some of the rural areas, it was quite high, some of the rejection rate. And, right. and the difference is, um, it was all mail ballots this time. Instead of, you know, in the past, you could go to the poll, or you could go, you know, um, early vote or whatever. But this was all mail.
1: And as, uh, as Alaskans, we should take a look at the lessons learned from this election. Uh, and bring that into the conversation on how we can make our system better, more robust, and representative.
0: So so you're not on the special special general, but you are on the regular primary, which is gonna be in August. So yes. there's twenty two now down from thirty-one. Um and a lot of the people who got, you know, fifth or sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth place, they kinda dropped in Revac was one of them. And it's interesting, you and Josh Revac were co chairs for Don Young's campaign. Yes. And, you know, I wanna talk a little bit about that. And then you were, you know, the assistant secretary. So you've kind of been and I think you were Dan Sullivan's ch- Co-chair right back in 14. Yes. So, mm-hmm. so you've been around this for, for a long time. Um, I guess, what do you, with, with less than half of the candidates now compared to the special uh primary, what, what do you, what are your, what are your thoughts on kind of the, the outcome on the regular primary?
1: Well, we, again, the goal, once we started this campaign has always been to, To get into the top four. And so uh, we're going to continue to meet Alaskans where they're at uh, and to engage with everyday Alaskans to learn about the issues that are important to them uh, and to continue to uh, promote our campaign and what we stand for. My leadership qualities are to bring people together, to take a collaborative approach. There's a lot of political fatigue in this state and across the nation. And what, what uh, I, I strongly believe is that Washington, D.C. needs more Alaskan values uh, versus uh, Washington, D.C. values in, in Alaska. And I, and I feel like I, I'm the strongest candidate that can bring that to uh, the House of Representatives.
0: So you were there for, I guess, over two years, right? Mm-hmm. Assistant Secretary um, for Indian Affairs, and you were appointed by President Trump. Yep. And you were kind of in the, had the hearings and the, the, the Senate, the whole thing. Yes. Um, so you, you were in D.C. What, what was it like being, I mean, you're, that's a pretty high up position. You had to be confirmed by the Senate.
1: I was unanimously confirmed by the Senate, and uh, I, I served as Assistant Secretary for Indian Affairs. And in Washington, D.C. is a pressure cooker. Uh, there, there are a lot of moving parts, and there is certainly uh, layers upon layers of, um, I would say, different types of pressure. And being on the, uh the executive branch side uh, certainly opened my eyes in a number of ways including just how to implement laws that Congress has passed uh, where where there's drag in the implementation and where there uh, we can find efficiencies and how uh, I would just say how how we can um, Fight that sort of bureaucratic inertia, that bureaucratic red tape that we find in Alaska to be so cumbersome uh, with what we want to do with respect to our economy, and uh, DC is not for the faint of heart.
0: Yeah, I think we all watch the news, or we just see what's going on, and it seems like it seems like it's like I spend time in Juneau, you know, and it's like it seems like it's Juneau on steroids.
1: It. It feels like that at times. I can tell you that much.
0: And there was just another ruling now, a Supreme Court ruling about this tribe in Oklahoma. So I mean, there's all kinds of. Yeah, big well,
1: issues there's happening. been several several rulings um, with respect to tribes and tribal sovereignty mm-hmm. that have been issued by uh, the Supreme Court, and uh, again, it's it's a. It's about having the ability to stay on top of the issues, to take the time to understand the substance of those issues, and see with respect to Alaska how they apply or may impact uh, our everyday lives or how we conduct business.
0: So, did you ever meet with? Did you meet with Trump ever? Did you ever I did. go in the Oval? Really? Yes,
1: several times.
0: What was that like?
1: Uh, Fascinating. It's the Oval Office. It's the, the the Office of the United States of America's President. Uh, it Fascinating in so many ways. Uh, I spearheaded an effort called o- Operation Lady Justice, which uh, focused on uh, addressing the crisis of missing and murdered Native Americans across the country. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had to work with his staff and with him and... Uh, other departmental staff to implement uh, the executive order that he had signed uh, to create the Operation Lady Justice Task Force. Uh, We also worked with the State Department to repatriate human remains from Finland uh, back to the United States, and that was a a very exciting time as well, another time that I had gone into uh, the Oval Office. And uh, with the implementation of the Great American Outdoors Act, uh, I had the opportunity again to go and watch that bill signing.
0: Or the remains in fin- Finland. I don't think I heard about that.
1: So they are were Native American remains that were uh, extracted from graves in the the Four Corners area of the United well, that's, States. That's Where I'm from, New Mexico. Yeah, well, yeah. And, and they were on display and possessed by the government of Finland. How'd they get them? Uh, explorers. I, I, that's wild, really? Yes, yes. And so we worked with the State Department to uh, repatriate those remains, and it was something that was extremely important to the president, and we worked on it and were able to get it done.
0: I was just in Finland in March. I <laughs> wish I would have known that. I would have gone over there. <laughs> that's, that's what they were doing. So, where was I going with that? Um, so, the White Oval Office was it like the movies where you? Yes, is it like, I mean, were you kind of yeah. bad? I and would,
1: and, I would say this: the, 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 uh, what you see on TV, and the, the set creators certainly have uh, nailed the, um, the imagery of of the Oval Office. When you
0: first met Trump, I mean, he's kind of huge. Personality, I mean, did you have, like, was he what you expected, not, like different? I mean, how, how was he? So He's kind of so much of a character. He was,
1: he was engaging, and uh, he asked, you know, very substantive types of questions. Uh, he was prepared, and uh, I'm, I'm proud of the work that, that I was able to perform on behalf of Alaska and on behalf of the nation uh, working for President Trump.
0: So he's coming here on Saturday mm-hmm. and he's, you know, Palin and, and Chewbacca and Dunleavy. Um I, I want to ask you what, what it's like being, what's it like being in the race? I mean, you work, you work for Murkowski, so I'm sure you go back, you know, Palin, I'm sure. Um, I've
1: never worked for a member of the delegation. I have volunteered on campaigns.
0: Did you work for Governor Murk- Murkowski? Oh, yes. So, so when I was saying you've been around, I'm sure you know her, you've run across her. What's it like being in the race with, I mean, she's such a, She's kind of like world famous. I mean, anybody probably recognize her anywhere in the Listen, world.
1: Sarah Palin is world famous. And and anybody who uh, denies that good, bad, or indifferent, um, you can't deny the fact that Sarah Palin is world famous. And uh, I've had the opportunity to sit on the debate stage with her. And, again... My candidacy is about being judged by Alaskans on my substance and what I bring to the table, and uh, I, I wish her the best.
0: So when, when Don Young passed away tragically, um, there was a pretty short period of time. I forget it was like a few weeks maybe to, to lessen that even to decide to run. What,
1: it was like five or six days maybe. Yeah, it, was,
0: it was a real short window from when they set the election. What What you know, have you had you thought about running before? Your name had come up a lot, you know, over the years, sure. As somebody who might do it was was it kind of an instant decision or was it something no, you thought it about? Was,
1: it was not an instant decision at all. Uh, and I'm a very deliberative person. and uh, I needed time to grieve uh, and to also assess kind of the landscape of what uh, our congressional delegation would look like post Don Young and knowing the type of leader that he was uh, and how effective he was for this state and how much he loved this state, uh, I took the time to have the discussions with my, um, with my family and my closest friends to deliberate on whether or not I should put my name forward. And in the end, we did. And I don't regret it one bit.
0: So you... you um. You're from a region of Alaska where there's a lot of oil and gas development. And, you know, one of the, the big issues with, the new, you know, President Biden is kind of drilling and, and mm-hmm. oil and gas. Will, Willow's been a, you know, there's a letter I just did an article about a few weeks ago. All these environmental groups are asking them to, to basically stop Willow. And, you know, I imagine you're quite pro-development. What, you know, what how do we get... I am pro-development, how, yes. How do we get these, you know, 160,000 barrels a day, Willow would be? And I think it's like, you know, hundreds of millions of recoverable barrels and... It just seems like everything's changed so dramatically on on developing our oil and gas resources, and a lot of it has to do with the president but i mean how do we how do we pick a two? that's a state state land, but we just can't seem to really get moving and get get new oil in the pipeline
1: Well, I think that the biden administration has is extremely short sighted in uh, their approach to natural resource development in the United States, so increasing domestic energy production. Uh, and, And that's dangerous. That's absolutely dangerous because... Uh, Where are we going to get the the energy that America needs, that Alaska needs? If we're not securing our own domestic energy supply, we're getting it from places that are hostile to the United States. And that is failed foreign policy. If we continue to to fund and pay for uh, oil and gas from hostile nations, we're... we are funding the operations of those countries that uh, would like to do harm to the United States, and that's dangerous when we have the resources here in Alaska uh, to provide the nation
0: yeah, it's you know, I think for a while we were a net exporter you know years ago, and now we're, now this whole Russia thing happens, and I don't think this ever went through, but there was even a, a consideration of, of getting you know more. Oil from Venezuela and Iran. Remember that was a discussion? Venezuela.
1: I mean, are you kidding me? And Iran? Are, that's bananas. We have the ability to increase our domestic energy supply and decrease our dependence on foreign imports. And this administration is choosing to look the other way. And deny Americans the opportunity for safe, environmentally uh, superior production of domestic oil and gas resources.
0: What is the way to? I mean Really, it's up to the administration in a lot of ways to to make this happen. And is there a way to change their mind? I know this um, Deb Holland has been, you know, not not the friendliest for even Don Young actually. She
1: has she has not been friendly to Alaska.
0: And Don Young, you know, he kind of he went out for her and. I think Sullivan even, and and they were hoping, I guess, maybe to should be reasonable. And that
1: may have been a confirmation strategy. After going through uh, a confirmation process, again, this this entire uh, experience has opened my eyes into areas uh, of the federal government that everyday Alaskans won't ever see Mm -hmm. uh, or may never see. And uh, the support for uh, Secretary Holland may have been a confirmation strategy in the sense that um, she was going to pass regardless of whether or not uh, the the our delegation voted for her, uh, but understanding that there are energy projects that are so important to this state. In addition to energy, you look at the King Cove Road as something that is uh, important for health, life, and safety for that region, uh, and having the ability to to continue the conversation with the door open instead of closed. That may have been a confirmation mm-hmm. strategy. I have no idea. But yes, Congressman Young uh provided opening remarks at her uh at her hearing. Uh but as we've seen, she hasn't been good for Alaska.
0: Well you mentioned the King Cove Road and you know, for for a while I've been kind of reflecting and looking at, at the state and, and it just seems to me we don't really do anything anymore since we did the pipeline. That was a big deal. The red dog mine was, that was in the eighties, but you talk about the King Cove road. I mean, I look at this bridge to connect arm, which I think would be a great thing for housing and for access to, you know, another way out of Anchorage, um, mm-hmm. the gas line, to the Fairbanks, the Juno road was, pay, that was all, but you know, that was funded. They Walker pulled the plug on that. Um, Susitna Watana, mm-hmm. I mean, even the school in Anchorage, Inlet View, they were going to build it in a few, it seems like a few people now, whether it's, Environmental people or whether it's angry homeowners or whether it's, you know, wealthy homeowners that want to stop. It seems like just a small group of people can stop anything. And the result is nothing really happens anymore. And I mean, the park strips like, you know, we don't have grass. I mean, it just seems (laughs) we need to do something different because there's so many opportunities in the state
1: just because it's been done a certain way in the past doesn't necessarily mean that uh, those same approaches are going to work today or in the future and so you're right Jeff we have to do something different uh, and we need as, as you you stated uh a small group of individuals have the ability to stop projects. What are we doing to grow the coalition of people who want these projects to, to, to move forward Uh, and to, to get that statewide buy-in on these big projects that could have a tremendous and positive impact on our statewide economy. And I just, I don't see us doing that either.
0: I I remember years ago, Hickel, you know, there's this, Thing where he was like, well, just give me the cat, and I'll do, you know, whatever I'll do it. And I feel like we used to just. We
1: well, you know, also talked about a water pipeline,
0: which, which, which sounded crazy, and now it doesn't sound so crazy. It doesn't <laughs> sound so
1: crazy. And I will tell you this: uh, after working in interior and uh, working on water rights issues for the West, and uh, working in partnership with the the Bureau of Reclamation, which oversees the. Um, water allocations up and down the, the Colorado River. Uh, <laughs> Hickel understood that the West needed water.
0: I mean, California's got major drought. I mean, you, you've seen these pictures of some of these reservoirs and where it's down, you know, hundreds of feet. Mm-hmm. We have unlimited water. I mean, a, a pipeline would be, and the, the best thing is if it breaks, no big deal. You know?
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's water. It's water.
0: Yeah. Uh, Karina, what's it been like for you? I mean, I saw you in Fair, you guys were in Fairbanks at the Republican... Um, convention in April, and it's been you know it was it was such an accelerated campaign. Usually, you have a year to work on this, even right. longer. Mm-hmm. But this right. was like you know a, f- a few like basically had to start right away, April first, and then the election was June eleventh. So it was essentially you're kind of right into it. I mean, what's it been been like being the campaign manager for something that just had to start immediately?
2: Right. So, you know, we joke about this a lot. We are building a campaign while running a campaign, which is kind of like flying an airplane while you're building it. Do you know what I mean? So um, it's been a lot of fun, actually, getting around the state. You know, I used to work for Senator Stevens uh, back in the day and was able to travel around and listen to Alaskans and hear their issues. Um, So that part of it... That part of it has been really rewarding um, for us and seeing, you know, the response that Tara's getting, but it was such a shortened time frame, right? There were so many other um, areas of the state we wanted to go to um, that we didn't have a chance to visit, but now we do, Mm -hmm. right? So um, it's been really rewarding and fun and exhausting. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yes, exhausting. I can't
0: even imagine. Like I said, a lot of these campaigns, you you know, you think about it, some people think about it two years in advance or longer and then they know they can,
1: some people have been working at it a little bit longer. Yeah.
0: But was kind of interesting because he, his, I don't know, we'll see what happens, but his tactic of attacking kind of Don Young, where a lot of people, you know, didn't, but he was at that point, he was kind of the alternative, but then Don Young dies. And all of a sudden that, and then all these people just, you know, rush into the race and, I mean the dynamics change so so quick.
1: Absolutely, i there's it's no there's no secret that I absolutely loved Don Young, and uh, also my Inupiaq values taught me the importance of respecting your elders, which uh, carried m- my relationship with the congressman over the years. Uh, and I I take exception to to those who may. Um, Treat elders in our community, regardless of whether or not you like them, regardless of whether or not you agree or disagree. I take exception to, um, to individuals who would go on a personal attack uh, for a man like Congressman Young who helped build this state. And you look around this state— Uh, right next to Ted Stevens and, and Frank Murkowski uh, now Lisa Murkowski and Dan Sullivan, Don Young had to shepherd and carry the weight of Alaska through the house of representatives as one Congressman. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he, he has a legacy that deserves to be protected and not besmirched.
0: Yeah. And I think some folks know this, but, but a lot of people don't pay that close attention. Begich was a, he was like you, a co-chair of the 2020 campaign. Mm-hmm. And, and he was kind of with him, you know, all the, and then, boom. And then, you know, his, his campaign manager used to work for Nick Truman. Reed used to work for, um, he was a campaign manager for Don Young in 2020. And then he worked for mm-hmm. his, so, so the whole thing was maybe, you know, that there was a path, but, but, you know, Don Young passing away really kind of, change that dynamic so I think it's going to be really interesting. I think this... that's
1: the beauty of just Alaska in general you, you know you sit long enough and the weather changes mm-hmm. <laughs> and and that same thing can be said about Alaska politics.
0: And I was going to mention your your, your mom too was in the, the she was in the legislature.
1: Yes she was.
0: And that was when, when was that? that she
1: was... was in in the legislature when I was in junior high and high school.
0: So you, you kind of had an early view, view of politics. I Absolutely.
1: Guess, or... Absolutely. Uh, my family in some way, shape or form has always been, I would say called to serve or has served in, uh, leadership roles my entire life. And so, uh, having policy discussions, uh, and as a teen policy disagreements with, with my mother, um, is something that is not new to me. It's, it's, and We've normalized it in my household, especially with, with my family as well.
0: Yeah, you know, you hear these stories and it, it seems like talking about disagreements, people used to disagree. Maybe it's nostalgic, but but now it's so nasty that people they it's so personal. And it's and I spend time in Juno, so I see the Juno side, but it's like people don't even they, they pass each other in the hallway. Some of them they won't even acknowledge each other.
1: We've got to break that down. <clears throat> We've got to get back to uh true Alaskan uh, effective policy making and that means you can you can disagree on issues but you don't have to be disagreeable to each other in public uh, or in in private uh, having the ability to create the space to have robust discussions even though there are different points of view is what made Alaska so effective in the Senate. That was the Ted Stevens approach. I've been telling people, you know, throughout this campaign, I'm a Ted Stevens Republican, uh, because I saw how effective his approach was in the United States Senate for Alaska. And I feel like we've been moving away from that, that model or those leadership traits and styles. And, and it worked before in that sense. So, uh, we should explore moving closer to that type of leadership for Alaska
0: yeah when when he died Ted stevens i mean biden came up here and McConnell came up i mean it was pretty pretty it was a
1: bipartisan mm-hmm. memorial
0: i was there I, I couldn't get in though it was too, so busy I had, I had to go to the overflows <laughs> over the ABT. there were so it many was, people yes i mean it was just that was it was just <laughs> it was just wild um last thing i want to ask i i uh I, the movie Big Miracle comes on sometimes. I don't know how many folks know this, but your your son was kind of one of the lead characters he was. in that. And and it's too too funny too, at the end Palin makes a little weird cameo and she's yeah. like the weather or the sports person. Mm-hmm. Um but is 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 how how's that? Is that still is there a residual? How does that work? Because I, I actually <laughs> like that movie a lot. There, there's a, I, you know, I, I spent time in Russia, and there's a Russian thing. Oh, with, yes. You know, yeah. So I, I actually like that movie.
1: Well, I could tell you this, Jeff. We went to the premiere. It was in Washington, D.C., and I'm sitting next to my son, and the um, universal you know, symbol comes on in that opening oh, yeah. shot, and I just started bawling. <laughs> my son looked at me and goes, it hasn't even started yet. <laughs> <on.">
0: <laughs> how, did that, how did he... Get that role huh? uh, it he- was
1: totally by chance i mean he he wasn 't looking to to audition for the part. Uh, he had no ambition to be in a movie prior to that, uh, and uh, he there were all of these series of unfortunate events that should have kept him from uh, getting to the audition, but eventually he made it. Uh, went in and crushed it and then spent um, five months on on set and it was so much fun I took a leave of absence from work uh, because he was so young he was 10 at the time uh, to you had to have a parent on set at all times and so I took a leave of absence from work and uh, sat with him and we had a blast
0: so I was when they were filming that I like I was aware of this movie but I just didn't I mean kind of aware of there was a movie and I was in the Captain Cook one day and I seen I saw John Krasnowski, but like I didn't I was like there's no way that's him I just I saw a guy <laughs> getting, and I was like that can't be him like why would he be here and then like a week later I see this newspaper and I go oh my god it was him it was <laughs>
1: damn So here's the funny thing so you know my son now is much older obviously he's 22 and but during that filming phase he spent a lot of time with John Krasinski right and uh in between uh sets and and shots they'd be looking at looking at scores for the Red Sox and John 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 what's the score now but they developed a really neat relationship and my my son kept telling him my mom won't let me get an Xbox 360 she just won't let me but I really want one Five months, this kid is talking about an Xbox 360, and the his last uh, scene, he he closes it down, and we're in his trailer, and it's November, and it's howling outside, and we hear this knock on the door, and uh, it was John Krasinski, and he said. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mom, but I always take care of my boys. And he brought over to my son an Xbox 360. Oh, nice. And my son was just ecstatic. He couldn't believe it. And, and they were high-fiving, and we get into the car, and he's like, I can't believe I've got an Xbox 360. And a, I said, a... from John Krasinski. He was like, "Is it Xbox 360. <laughs>
0: So like, could, are they they keep in touch? Could he, they, they
1: did. Uh, they're they're not in touch now. They did uh, for a while actually. Uh, my son went down. Uh, he was in L.A. and texted him, and they brought him onto the set of The Office and gave him a bunch of Dunder oh, nice. Mifflin stuff. they he got to sit in Dwight Schrute's car. You know that Trans Am I think? Yeah, yeah. yeah, right. So uh, just a lot of fun fun times. Who was the other one Drew Barrymore? Drew Barrymore. Was Drew in that Barrymore. Too. Very kind.
0: Yeah, you always hear really good things about her. I've I've heard people she's very, ni- people, people voice very, that she's very nice. She was
1: very kind to him, my son. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, it's a good I think it was on TV. I, a few months ago I was scrolling. Oh, there it is. So <laughs> it's a good movie.
2: It's a cute it's movie. It's like a feel
0: good. <laughs>
2: you know I don't know if you'd recognize a Mao
1: now. <laughs> he's what, six five? Uh huh. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He was just a kid. He was a kid, a little kiddo. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Six
1: five. He's got a big caterpillar mustache mullet.
0: Oh, like like Matt Chuckler. Matt Chucker has a
1: Alaska Renaissance. Matt Chucker has the creepy
0: mustache no <laughs> matter. I, I keep telling him, "What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs>
1: How do you have that thing?"
2: Well, Tara, you actually got a vote. We heard from someone they voted for you because Amal was in that movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, we did.
1: We, somebody did say that. That's
0: whatever you know. Whatever works,
1: <laughs> right.
0: Well, Tara Sweeney, thanks for coming on here. Um, Canada for uh, U.S. House and, and Karina, campaign manager, thanks for being here. Um, we're thanks, you know, less than two Thank months from the, from the, no, it's a, about a month away now. Wow, mm-hmm. we're coming up on six weeks almost from the, prim, from the primary. So it's
1: the gonna, pick one regular primary in August. Yes.
0: Yes, with the special general, general. rank three. On the same ballot, which I wonder how close they're going to be. Have you seen the ballot layout yet? I'm I'm hearing they're going to be near each other. Bananas. Which it's like, that's really going to throw people off.
1: Yeah,
2: I'd heard it's back in front,
1: but we'll see. I think we need to just see what the ballot looks like. And do education outreach so that our Alaskan voters are not disenfranchised.
0: Yeah, well, at least this time there's going to be the... Or traditional kind of the early in person absentee if you want. So sure. it, should, it should be a little more more smooth. Well thanks for coming in. Hey, and thank uh, you. good luck on the campaign trail. I really, I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Carter thanks for Karina. having us on. Thank you. Yep. Thanks, we'll, Jeff. We'll
0: do it again. Um, folks, if you have an idea for a podcast or want to do a podcast, get a hold of me and make sure if you're listening to us on any of the platforms, Apple, uh, iTunes, Spotify, give us a give us a nice uh rating. We'd appreciate that. Thanks. Landline.